Well, thankfully, World War Three hasn't started. The missiles, it seems, weren't fired by Russia, and now markets are back to worrying about what the Fed's going to do rather than what NATO will do. On that, U.S. retail numbers showed more resilience in the U.S. economy. Does that mean the Fed has more to do? U.K. inflation pushed higher than expected and potentially a budget from hell for U.K. residents today. And Australia, wages pushing higher. Unemployment numbers out today. Does this all mean more hikes from the RBA? Is a pause now off the cards? It's Thursday, the 17th of November, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, you might have thought that there would be a big leap forward in equities after the latest news on the Polish missile. But actually, equities are on the way down this morning. I guess it's such old news now. At close in the United States, a 1.5% drop in the Nasdaq. The S&P 500 down 0.8%. The Dow down 0.1%. Falls in Europe too, with a 1% drop in the DAX. The Eurostoxx 50 down 0.8% and a quarter percent drop in the FTSE 100. 10-year Treasury yields are down nine basis points this morning, but two years are up one basis point, up to four. 4.36%, but still, of course, well down on where they were a week ago. Much bigger falls on yields in Europe. Ten years are down 15 basis points off gilts in the UK, down 11 for German bonds and down 12 for France, Italy, Spain, the Netherlands, other parts of Europe as well. The US dollar has moved down 0.2% on the DXY. Against that, the euro is up half a percent. The Aussie dollar down a quarter percent. The pound up 0.4%. The Aussie just below 67.4 US cents now. And oil is down further. WTI down one. 1.7%, a 1.2% drop in Brent, which is around 92.80 now. So there's a bit going on. And here's NAB's Gavin Friend in London to talk us all through it. So first of all, that news that Russia probably didn't torpedo Poland. After all, it was more likely a, a stray Ukrainian missile. You might have expected some bounce back in se- sentiment. But uh, as I said in that introduction there, I'm not seeing it. It seems like uh, we've forgotten that news and we've gone on to worrying about the next thing. Mm, morning, Phil. Day of two halves, I think. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it's obviously encouraging news. That was the initial suggestions, wasn't it, 24 hours ago from mm. uh, military strategists that the most likely thing that happened here was either sort of some sort of Russian error or uh, the result of uh, U- Ukrainian interception. And the latter is generally being accepted as the case. I mean, actually, they're still trying to sift through some of the facts, but that has been accepted yeah. by the international community, including NATO. But- the Kremlin has said it's satisfied with the balanced and measured response from G20. And I think, um, you know, we can move it's on. It's a storm in a teacup. Yeah, well, we can, exactly what I was going to say. We can move on. Yeah. So now we're worried about what the Fed's going to do next. That's basically the concern. Yeah, we did see for a period of hours during the European morning um, a move back to risk on. You know, equities here were up for a bit and uh, the dollar kind of, you know, fell another sort of almost almost a percent. So euro dollar from 103.5 to 104.5, Aussie from 67.30, almost to 68. The pound up to up a cent to 119.40. But that's all to your Before point, rolled over uh, US <laughs> yeah. retail sales. Um, well, again, there's a contradiction here. Retail sales were up 1.3% on the month. Um, the consensus was 1%. The control group measure that kind of the, the closest measure that feeds the GDP was up 0.7 versus 0.3 with a two-tenth upward revision. If you look at the um, the headline sales, they were boosted by auto sales at 1.5%. Um, there was something like a 4% rise in gasoline gasoline station sales 
I mean, that's thanks to higher petrol prices during the month. Yeah. Better. Well, that applies for retail sales generally, doesn't it? These are nominal mm. numbers. So there yeah. are, a big chunk of why they're up will be because things are costing more. Yes, indeed. Well, that's, that, that's right. Um, I mean, that's that's all encouraging and, you know, still, you know, um, I, I guess... But, against, it's, but it's resilience, isn't it? It shows the Fed's still got more to do, presumably. It, it does. It does show that. Uh, although it will require, of course, US um, households to continue to run down their savings given where inflation is um mm. that's what they seem to be doing at the moment and that in turn will depend in some respects on what goes on in the labor market and you know as we have talked about ad nauseum that seems to be fairly resilient still um uh, so you know um we then had slightly later after that the industrial production that was softer not so good um down a tenth of percent the market was looking for up tenth of percent and the september numbers were revised down by three tenths so it looks like recession is you know still looming in terms of the manufacturing sector there um, that's the path i would say of least resistance with the fed continuing to do what it's doing if you want to put a positive spin on that you would say that <clears throat> manufacturing in the u.s is what 10 12 percent of the of the economic out- output and as we've just discussed the service sector seems to be you know hanging on okay at the moment but of course the fed's um path is what it's trying to do is dampen that demand and that's the whole point of of a timing policy so you know we have to look at it in that light i think you know for markets really we've flipped and it is that story of peak inflation that is still gripping people um and that's why we're seeing you know a move down in the 10-year us i think down almost 10 percent 10 almost 10 basis points at one point there to your yeah. point there's a bit more of a fall in europe it's a bit strange that because we've had a lot of ecb speakers on the day and they're all really taking the line that there's further tightening to do there is a general acceptance i think as as, as we've all been saying that once you get to two percent and that's likely in december from one and a half now on the de- on the deposit rate the, the, the pace of hikes will slow down i think that anybody's surprised at that and then we'll be at that point at, at what they would say would be sort of um you know um policy is normalized but we need to go through to a more restrictive policy setting what we're not getting from the ecb is any sense of where is that markets are pricing pretty much up to three percent by you know at some point next year so you know still 125 basis, so 150 basis points to go at this point there was but a no big, more jumbo hikes is what francois villar well, said uh, yeah i know talking, but i mean i saw bloomberg running a story there saying officials way slower rate path you know not 75 i don't think anybody mm. was looking for that anyway i think that was pretty much you know baked in the cake i'm not sure yeah. why you know i can see yields are lower uh, in, in germany than they are in the us and you, know, you might say one drives the other um that's what's going on but i don't see there, there as, a, as a close observer of the ecb anything particularly new so mm. i think mm. we could agree to disagree as to what the driving or the causal factor is there um it is more broadly and if we look at the uk um yield curve there is more curve inversion there um which again points to that um, sort of slowdown of course we do have a big yeah. event coming up later today in the uk which will also be driving that well you think yeah absolutely before that i mean yeah well we know you know of course it's in there we know there's a recession coming on don't we uh but uh we had the uh, the uk inflation numbers as well the headline rate does seem a bit disturbing doesn't it but if we look at the core rate well that's not really moved very much but it's still at 6.5 percent which is high but the headline rate from 10.1 percent to 11.1 percent which of course uh you know which 
which shows it's largely energy costs and food. Mm. Uh, but And we had the Canadian number as well, of course. Can- the Canadian headline rate is 6.9%. The UK one is 11.1%. That is a hell of a difference. It is. I mean, if you want to look at positive news, we know the reason why it jumped this month. We know it was related to the energy price fixing that was done um, a couple of months ago now, but took effect in October. Um, and it's likely that that is the peak. The problem is that it isn't going to come down much probably over the next five or six months. Um, you know, the Bank of England has got something like eight or nine percent by sort of March, April next year, there will be some big base effects coming out from that point onwards. But there's a problem here in the way that the government is, a, is, a tracking, is, 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 a, is attacking the, the, the energy price um, issue. They have given this sort of, you know, cap to people, to citizens and to, to, uh, to businesses. But when it comes to the new tax year that starts in April next year, they've said, well, we'll wait and see what happens. It's likely they're going to do something that's much more means tested mm. and that means for a lot of people energy prices will go will back go up, up again depending on yes, where it. energy prices are what the uk yeah. really needs is an end to the ukraine war energy prices fall and that would sort it out at the moment well, you know i mean there's lots of suggestions that maybe we're moving towards that um but it's still very early days there's a long way to go on that one the uk yeah. well, I mean, look, we, 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 we know we're going to see in that that autumn statement that fiscal statement tomorrow from from jeremy hunt that is almost certainly going to include uh tax rises and uh, and spending cuts so where uh, you know i mean he's going to push the country further into into recession so maybe you know not good but you know that would mean people would spend less maybe that'll keep inflation down well it certainly ought to um it's going to be extremely hard work for a lot of people here i mean the, yeah. the, the conservative government is saying i mean the, 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 the uk essentially has three problems here it has um trashed its reputation for fiscal competence in the trust um, administration and it's got to do a lot of work to try and repair that two we've got the inflation problem we've just talked about and that probably isn't going to come down much uh, anytime soon and three it does have the uk has something of a growth problem already mm. you know trend growth of sort of you know circa below one and a half percent low productivity growth still not on the growth level basis still not getting back above where it was uh, prior to the pandemic unlike it, it, it's 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 peer group and all of that work that the treasury is going to have to do later today in the autumn statement in terms gaining that credibility, trying to be compassionate, which is what the Rishi Sunak government wants to do, i.e. helping out mm. those people that really need it, all means that the, 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 sort of the burden is going to be put on business. Uh, we know we've got higher business rates. That threatens sort of badly needed uh, investment. Um, the higher earners are going to get hit hard. Um, yeah. And so is this, is this it, all going to hurt the pound? Then I mean, the the pound has been taking a bit of a excuse the pound been, been taking a bit of a pounding. Are we going? To, are we just going to see that getting worse? The more we see the growth, I would disagree that it's been taking a bit of a pounding. I mean, obviously we've had a big move in the dollar over the last three or four weeks, and mm. sterling's gone from that low of one hundred three fifty. But let's say it was around about one ten, one eleven when it stabilised to almost one twenty. We almost touched one twenty, and actually against the euro. Um, it's come back a little bit as well, and against the Aussie and the Kiwi, so it, it, it's not doing bad actually. But Depends on what timescale you're talking but, about. Well, anyway, just looking forwards from now. I mean, if if there's a, if we've got a position where there's very low growth, what's what what impact is that going to have? I mean, presumably it is got, largely we're going to feel it on on the FX markets, aren't we? If, well, it, it, again, it depends. If you if it, certainly. There will be some idiosyncratic um, UK weakness issues that if you want to look at the pound against some of the other currencies, you might very well take that view. 
a, a mm. lot of it though will depend on you know what the big dollar is doing and whether markets are moving uh, you know, we talked earlier on about the peak inflation issue and how that is bringing the dollar down more generally it's come a fair yeah. way um and how when you look across at the other side, there's some optimism now on China from various sides in terms yes. of the the, the, the the gradual recalibration on COVID and on the property market, other bits and, and pieces. And President Xi out talking to everybody uh, well, as well. Uh, I mean, that's got to be an absolute positive. Well, if that helps, you know, Chinese growth, global growth, if it helps the supply chain issues even further, that'll all be good. Mm. And then at the moment, the weather is still reasonably warm. I know we're in Europe, we're, we're, we're expected to get a cold snap and that'll start to eke into some of those energy stores more quickly so we'll see how that plays out but so that that sort of relative tilt on the global thing is actually weighing against the dollar so a lot of it depends on the sterling um you know uh, on, on how that goes so you could have a situation where pound against the dollar continues to, to nudge up a little bit but actually against some of the other cross currencies it doesn't fare so well because of those idiosyncratic sterling right. uh, uk uk issues which you know right. which you highlight well, we've got to talk about Australia because, of course, that you know the question is: Has the RBA got a problem on its hands? We had faster than expected wage growth. We discovered yesterday the wage price index uh, showed that uh, the private sector wage growth was up 1.2 percent quarter on quarter, the highest since 2012. We'll get the employment numbers today as well. So the question is: uh, Has the RBA's assumption that wage pressures are less of an issue in Australia than it is elsewhere? Have they got that wrong? Well, let's just, I mean, just look at the details. So um, wages um, a little bit higher, as you say, a tenth or so uh, on the quarter than expected. Um, and within that, to your point, the private sector continue, wage growth there continues to accelerate 1.2 on the quarter, 3.4% on the year. That's the highest since 2012. By contrast, the public sector wage growth stalled at 0.6 on the quarter, 2.4% year on year. These are season adjusted numbers. Now we know that rises in the sort of minimum wage, the award wage increase, where those increases are running somewhere between 4.6 and 5.2%. Um, that, that was a key driver. Uh, these were awarded a couple of months ago. They tend to kick in around now in the last couple of months. But private sector saw 46% of, 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 of jobs increased wages in Q3, up from four point up from 42% in, in Q3 2019, a year ago. And, you know, and, and we have increase at 4.3% year on year versus 3.2% in Q2. So the RBA has previously noted that wage growth um, awards of sort of three and a half to 4% annually uh, as being consistent with at inflation target, assuming productivity of about 1%. On the current track, that suggests um the RBA, that RBA level may well be reached sort of six to nine months earlier. Um, mm. For NAB, that risk likely means it's too early for the RBA to consider pausing its rate hikes. And we therefore continue to look for 25 basis points to 3.10 in December. Um, it's true. Some have observed the RBA minutes this week that uh, saw the board prepared to pause. Um, but those minutes also showed the board is prepared to you know, carry on hiking and even step up to a larger pace of increase if required. So I think the jury's still out on that. And certainly the evidence on the wage numbers um, backs that up. To your point, we've got labour market, uh, the labour force survey today for October. Um, it's the case that employment growth there, trend employment growth seems to be slowing. The consensus is 15,000. NAB's looking for 10,000. The unemployment rate's still unchanged at three and a half. I think we're looking for 3.6. 
participation rate is pretty flat. Or, or if it goes, if it goes the, the wrong way as far as the RBA is concerned, but you know, if, if we see that there's uh, even an even tighter labour market, then that is just going to reinforce the idea that they will go in December, isn't it? Well, yeah. So from, the, from a bigger picture view, you might say that you know, as I say, the trend. The trend employment growth does seem to be slowing. Um, the, the risk in this particular report is that there is quite a big sort of sample rotation issue, which points to a risk of an even lower headline job creation number, uh, but a slightly higher um, jobless rate. Um, we wouldn't actually um, you know, interpret any slowing in employment growth as a sign of easing in labour market tightness. And as we said before, you know, you look at the findings in our NAB business survey, you look at what's coming out from the seek employment data, and that suggests there is still plenty of strong labour demand. So again, yeah. for us, it plays to the idea that it's too easy to uh, to think about a pause too, too soon. Right. All right. Very good. Okay. We will just about leave it there. So that, that is the big number, isn't it? The employment numbers today, also that UK uh, autumn statement. We also get um, uh, housing starts, building permits uh, from the United States as well. US jobless claims as well. So we can add that to uh, uh, the job numbers to look at the Philly Fed manufacturing index as well. Uh, Donald Trump going to run for president. He announced yesterday in 2024. That's going to be, I mean, we'll save that for future editions of the program because it's not worth, uh, you know, too much attention right now. The interesting thing is Rupert Murdoch isn't going to back him mm-hmm. um, so let's uh, <laughs> see how that plays out might be the we might see the end of Donald Trump's political career in, in coming months so maybe it'll there'll be a bit more interest then uh, but another interesting day great to talk Gavin we'll catch you again very soon thank you Thanks, Phil. and that's Thursday morning's morning call from NAB I'm Phil Dobby back again tomorrow see you then <laughs>